Hello and welcome to the Sardis Fellowship Discipleship Podcast. On this podcast, we record conversations around Christian discipleship issues meant to inspire your own faith conversation and help you on your walk as we all journey towards Jesus together. We hope that you'll invite your friends to listen to these podcasts and then talk about these issues with them for yourselves. My name is Rob Schaff. I'm the pastor of discipling at Sardis Fellowship Baptist Church. On this episode, I'm talking with John Weber, who is passionate about seeing men in the church grow closer towards Jesus. He's also passionate about social justice justice issues, and that comes out a little bit in this episode. He's led Bible studies and small groups in our church, and I've really enjoyed my conversations with him over the years. This conversation was recorded on Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. Thanks so much for listening. Today, we are discussing the question, what does it mean to listen to God? How do I actually hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Um, I think this is a great question. We were talking before we started recording, and you said that this is a profoundly personal question, and I, I view this as a very practical question, so this should be a fun conversation. Uh, let's start with you. Why is this really personal for you? As I've shared in the past, I think with you, uh, I was saved at the age of five and a half when my mother came home from a Leighton Ford crusade in Hamilton, Ontario, and she had just received the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. And she came into my bedroom and she put me on my knees and said, you will pray these words, and I prayed them. Hmm. Uh, and that was good, but from that day on, I was in church life. Uh, my father was saved a number of years later. As I went through my younger age and went to Sunday school, it was just, you just did it. Hmm. Well, I didn't hear about really what the Spirit of God is. Uh, I had grown up in a denomination that didn't preach a lot about it. It's not that they didn't believe it. They just uh, didn't preach it a lot, so I didn't hear it a lot. And I had grown up with a lot of do's and don'ts. So you can probably tell by now, I wasn't here, I wasn't doing things by listening to God. Who would you say you were listening to? Probably myself. And as I got into married life and continued through life, this battle kept going on in me of world church. And eventually, it got me into trouble. Hmm. Different things happened, and I had to rebuild my life in a certain sense around my family at that time. But it started raising the question more and more, how could I sin, be a Christian? Was I really a Christian? Had I really been saved when I was five and a half? What does it mean to listen to God? And the only way you can listen to God is having some type of a relationship to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. And that person we talk to and can listen to. So the question is, how do we interpret biblical truth or things we're hearing appropriately, in a godly way, in a truthful way? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question, right? Because people have a pretty broad opinion on what is or what is not worth listening to. And and people can sometimes be pretty fast and loose with what they attribute to God. You know, you hear people justify some pretty awful things uh, by saying, well, I was listening to God tell me this. It's quite clear from Scripture that we can rationalize our actions. Mm -hmm. When we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit indwells within us, gives us a heightened level of understanding of good and evil, and, and can give us direction if 
we go looking for that fullness of the Spirit. So how do we do that? That's a huge question. Reminds me of Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and what you're saying is the Holy Spirit is a person, and the Holy Spirit is actually one of the persons of God, right? In Christian theology, we believe that the Holy Spirit is this Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when Jesus left the earth physically, he sent the Holy Spirit to the earth to, to live in, 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 in believers and to give us an advantage when it comes to discerning um, what God is trying to say to us. It says in Philippians 2 also, uh, we're supposed to be sharing in the Spirit, in community, so the unity of the church is also involved with the Spirit bringing that unity because He's in all of us. There are people that haven't yet learned to the extent to which the Spirit can be in them mm-hmm. or how to, how to have that authentic relationship with Jesus, which allows that. I believe life's a journey, and I look at the ups and downs in my life, I can see where... Clearly, God has been there, both in the ups, mostly in the downs, to help bring me up or to give me restoration. Having said that, though, it's the Holy Spirit that was speaking to me, giving me that, that strength, and I didn't realize it. People get the idea that the Holy Spirit is, should be this audible voice, uh, or they should have dreams and visions like the ancient prophets, and... I'm not so sure in my experience that's how the Holy Spirit well, is, is most evident in my life. As Christians, we can play around fast and loose with the expression, well, God told me, or I heard from God about this. And for people that, you know, maybe they're starting out in their faith, or maybe they've been in the faith for a long time, but they've always wondered, like, what does that mean? What does it mean when you say God told you to do something? I have seen people use God as an excuse to break up with someone they didn't want to be in a relationship with. And I have seen God lead people to the mission field. A personal story on that is we know a couple who felt that way. And I think it was really just one member of that couple who felt the authenticity of that call and the other partner kind of got got up in it. The pressure and the emotion was high. And so they went off to the mission field, um, came back on furlough, and the one partner didn't want to go back. And it split the marriage. So somewhere in there, somebody wasn't hearing something, or Satan used it, because we have to remember, he's in there trying to... Distort stuff. Distort stuff, yeah. One thing that I really enjoy, there's a little book by A.W. Tozer called How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. And actually, it's small, and it doesn't cost a lot. So actually, if anybody wants to contact me through email or yourself, we'll get them a copy. I'll buy it for them. It's a great book. But there's a quote in there that I think is really important. It raises around the question, are are you sure you want to be possessed by a spirit other than your own? I am perfectly certain that I could rack up 15 boxcar loads of fundamentalist Christians this hour in the city of Chicago who are more influenced in their whole outlook by Hollywood than they are by the Lord Jesus Christ. I am positive that much that passes for the gospel in our day is very little more than a mild case of orthodox religion grafted onto a heart that is sold out to the world in its pleasures, tastes, and ambitions. Can that person 
really be in touch with the Holy Spirit. And many think they're on the narrow way to heaven, but guess what? They're kidding themselves. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with that type of a quote. But I also believe there's some on the narrow way that are legitimately Christians, but for whatever reason, uh, the way we're influenced by the world views, by way of what have you, that we're, they're not in tune. And, and to be quite frank, I don't think I'm 100% perfect in this, being attuned with the Holy Spirit and with God. It's, it's a process that you're developing and building as a part of your life journey. I want to continue to develop in that way, and so I have to develop certain disciplines mm. in order to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit more fully and more truthfully without being deceived. One of the best disciplines, I think, for learning how to discern the voice of the Spirit in your life, what God is trying to say to you, is I think um, scripture reading with provisos. So the proviso is if you're going into a room and locking your door and reading the scripture and not talking to anybody about it, um, that, that might be a little tricky. I think you need the help of other people who are further along to, to help us calibrate like what we're reading and understand or whatever. You got to ask yourself is what you're hearing, does it line up with the character and the person of God as revealed in scripture? Um, because if, if what you feel like God is telling you to do or, or whatever doesn't line up actually with what you know of God as revealed in scripture, uh, then it's pretty clear that something got broken along the way, right? Then maybe you're listening to Hollywood or there, maybe you're listening to your own perception. How do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do, what does it mean to listen to God? Well, first you need to know who God is and how do you get to know who God is? Well, by reading the scripture, you know? A study I did years ago, which I found really helpful, is experiencing God, knowing and doing the will of God by Henry Blackaby and Claude V. King. And they make that point about the Bible. Peter Scazzaro Emotionally healthy spirituality, there's a section in there that talks about daily office, and that's setting aside time, uh, authentic time to get in relationship with God. Um, and then you've got uh, Richard Foster, Celebration of uh, Discipline, which has 12 disciplines that are essential. So John, what would you say to somebody who is thinking to themselves, that sounds like I have to do a lot of work to hear from God? Why can't God just speak to me directly without me having to put in the work of doing these different spiritual disciplines? What might you say to a person like that? Why would they expect to have it that easy? Hmm. They don't have any problem putting aside the things that relate to the things that they want to do hmm. that comes out of the human spirit. Right. If they have the spirit of God coming alive in them, and I think that takes practice, sure. then I think that's going to switch around. And all of a sudden, the things of the Lord become more important. Right. So you're kind of saying, hey, you're willing to go to work to buy a boat and go water skiing. You're willing to put in the time to make that happen. But when it comes to something that's more important than water skiing or anything in life, um, all of a sudden, we just become lazy and don't want to put in the work. Tozer, again, going back to him, he makes a, a comment are you sure that you want to be possessed by a spirit other than your own? Yeah. Even though the spirit may be the pure spirit of God, even though he be the very essence of the gentle Jesus, even though he be sane and pure and free, even though he be wisdom personified, 
Wisdom himself, even though he have a healing, precious ointment to instill, even though he be loving as the heart of God, the Spirit, if he ever possesses you, will be the Lord of your life. Are you sure you want your personality to, personality to be taken over by one who will expect obedience, uh, as written in both the, the written and living word? Are you willing to give up? And this is by the one who won't tolerate self-sins. Are you willing to give up self-love, self-confidence, self-righteousness, self-admiration, self-aggrandizement, and self-pity? To me, that tells me right now, because I see myself in all of that, the things I struggle, the things that in North America we are taught to possess is contrary to what God wants. What for you has been a useful discipline? We've, we mentioned scripture reading. What else has been useful for you in, in discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life? Maybe I'm going to go through some of the disciplines. <laughs> That'd be the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, we talked about Bible. And all, everywhere I read, we've talked about scripture. But there's an element to it that needs to be added to it. And that's meditation. We can read it. But are we listening and hearing do we slow down? And that talks about environment. And I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, a prayer. How many of us take time for authentic prayer? Uh, one of the things that has helped me is a prayer list. And I've put scripture at the front of it just to remind me of who God is and how he wants to speak into my life. So I try to start off with that. Fasting, I wish I did better. The church just had a fasting day. And I have fasted in the past. That we should be looking at the scriptural principle of that. That's something I need to improve in. Study, just not the word, the study of theology. Listen to different scholars. Figure out the truth for yourself. Um, outward disciplines are things like simplicity. Uh, one of the things we do today is we have gotten so busy that we don't have time in the day to even sit down as families anymore. And have dinner. And one of the disciplines, we need to simplify our lives. Most of what we do does not need to be done. Right. Uh, another one is solitude. Do we really put ourselves away in a closet? Uh, not literally, but away. Yeah. Where we can really concentrate on the word? Can you do it with noise all around you? One of the ones that is the most difficult for me is submission. I'm human. I've been fighting my this thing with my foot in the world and in the church. And I'd like to think that maybe uh, my fight, foot's getting a lot lighter in the world. But I've got a long ways to go. Service. Uh, we learn and hear from as we go out and serve. I uh, serve with men and women coming out of prison and a board on that. And, and I hear the Holy Spirit in the sense of seeing success. How they live the life. Hey, the Holy Spirit had to be in that guy. Nobody changes like that. Mm. In my leadership days, I did um, behavioral type of counseling and used things like personality tests and like DISC or Myers-Briggs. And I was accredited to use them. One of the, the one I liked the best was the Berkman tool, they called it. And Berkman was a Christian. I remember in my training, and I'll never forget this, he talked about how we all get ingrained in the year, you know, between 18, 22, 23. Most of our personality traits are there. They don't change through life. 
except in very certain circumstances, and they're very limited. One would be something like the death of a child to the mother. So the mother could literally change her personality because of that incredible loss, that closeness. But the one that got me was, and they found out, and this is all tested and researched, a conversion, a Christian a, a conversion to Christ. Somebody, and you've seen it in life. And, and where you recognize, in a sense, it's God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit saying, only I could have changed that life, turned that addict, and taken away his desire for drugs. Mm-hmm. And there are legitimate stories like that. They are not fables. Um, so that's because there was submission where there wasn't before. So submission can change lives. And then we talk about corporate disciplines. Are you involved in confession in your church? Are you involved in worship? Uh, Are you looking for guidance? Are you willing to listen and have mentorship? And lastly, do you celebrate? The bottom line is, you've got to make a complete change in your life to say, I'm willing to spend more than five minutes and ten minutes a day speaking to God I've got to change that and say, I'm willing to set aside a good bulk of time and drop other useless things, watching TV or whatever, to do these things in an appropriate way. Why wouldn't I want to do that? Why wouldn't? Like our priorities are all screwed up. I think sometimes we treat ourselves as the God of this world (laughs) and expect you know, God to come alongside of us and kind of point us in the right direction once in a while or, or make things happen that are outside of our power and our control. Um, we're kind of interested in God as long as God is interested in helping us out and helping us along. Uh, but the idea of lordship, of, of God actually being the one that takes control of, of our lives, that's a harder sell, I think, for a lot of people. Um, it's also, I think, where some of the breakdown starts to happen, Right. I think we often want God to speak up when it's convenient for us. I think we want to hear an audible decision. So it's like, should I do this or should I do this? God, tell me the right thing to do. That's going to be really good for me. And then we would love for God to kind of like pipe up and then give us a few seconds of direction and then peace out so that we can get back to control in our own lives and stuff like that. But it's interesting because what you're talking about goes so much deeper than that. So this question what does it mean to listen to God? How do I actually hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Well, one answer in that is, well, it looks a lot like submission, not my will, but your will. It looks like understanding what we desire and then understanding what God desires and knowing where those two are out of alignment and then saying, hey, I am actually going to change my life by God's Holy Spirit, by the power that he gives me. You asked a question earlier. What do you say to people that say, well, why doesn't you speak audibly to me? And really is what they're saying is, and why isn't it easier to hear from God? Yeah. And, you know, to be quite frank, it is easy. Pick up your Bible, get into prayer, because as you pray, you will sense, I mentioned before, do a timeline a time of your life and maintain it. Mm-hmm. And the good point, the goods and the bads and everything else, and you'll start seeing, oh, well, Jesus was there, or, God, or I should say the Holy Spirit was there, God was there, he must have been, or couldn't have, like, everything isn't just circumstance. The church, listen to sermons, those, what is being spoken is being spoken, hopefully, God's voice through whoever you're listening to. Yeah. 
And people that go into worship should be praying for whoever is speaking to, may I hear your voice through, that type of a thing. And others, mentors, do you pick your friends right? If you, if you want to hear the Holy Spirit, then don't count on your uh, basketball buddies to, to speak into your life, unless they're all Christians, but uh, it ain't going to happen. You find God-fearing men to associate your life with. I have a friend that said, can we have Bible study together? So we do that once a week. He holds me accountable, I hold him accountable, and through that, we're learning more about certain aspects of Bible, and that's how the Holy Spirit is speaking through us. Sometimes when I say, well, God's been teaching me this, what I mean is, practically speaking, I've been in conversation with godly mentors over years who know me well, and then when something comes up in my life and I need direction, I bring that up with them. And then they, knowing me and knowing God, they, they speak into, you know, my life. They maybe share, well, here's what I would do, or here's not what I would do, or they, they listen to me and they ask the right questions to get me thinking. And then, yeah, and then God, through, you know, church, through uh, my personal Bible study, through my prayer life, through these conversations with my mentors, God sort of starts showing me a way forward in a given situation. Um, I think it's so important to have people that are believers in our lives that know us so that when we're like, hey, I think God's telling me to do this, and they're like, hey, that's a horrible idea, and definitely that's not what God's telling you to do. But it sounds like something that you would come up with on your own, you know what I mean? Like, I think we need to have other people in our lives who do that. I think that's a big part of why the church is. You were speaking earlier about how, you know, the Holy Spirit um, you know, unites us through the church, and the Holy Spirit also empowers us, you know, through the church, through each other. Um, one person helping another person along to to understand what God is is up to. Based on what you just said about the people you talk, have you ever? Do you when that happens? Do you consider it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, or is it just a conversation with that person? No, yeah, no, absolutely. I would consider that to be the Holy Spirit speaking into my life. Yeah. Getting back to Tozer's comment. I would say that all those people in Chicago, they were going to be put into boxcars. They hear it as advice Mm -hmm. from an individual. They haven't made the link to, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit is using that individual to speak to me. And, And I think that's one of the things as Christians we have to start realizing more, that when we hear messages, when we hear advice from Christian mentors, that thank you, Lord, for bringing that person into my life so you can speak through them into my life. So for anybody listening that doesn't know, when that happens, that is one of the ways that God speaks to us through this Holy Spirit. It goes back to the question that you asked again, the same one, what about the people that say, hey, he doesn't speak to me audibly, so what? Well, I'd say to them, God's speaking to you, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you all the time, you're just not recognizing it. And you're not recognizing it because you aren't making the linkages, because you're not in Scripture, you're not in your prayer life, you're not submitting. Submit, and you'll start hearing the Holy Spirit.
Do you want to know how to receive the Holy Spirit? Yeah, let's hear it. Lay it on me. <laughs> I'll share from Tozer again, sure. though it's the same themes as I have read in the other books. Uh, first one, submit. Present your body to him. Romans 12, 1 to 2. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Think about that. How do you do that? This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That body means your mind, personality, your spirit, your love, your ambitions, your all. Submit to Him. That's the first step. Second, ask. Sounds kind of simple, doesn't it? Uh, Luke 11, uh, Jesus says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be opened. So all we have to do is a submit, act, submit, ask, and then obey. Acts 5.32 we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. So there, you know, and then the last one I'll put out there is have faith. Galatians 3.2, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? That's faith. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask you, does God give you a spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? And it goes on, it says, Abraham believed God and it was credited him to be righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So present your body to him, submit, ask, obey, and have faith. Thanks for listening in on our conversation. This is a huge topic with much more to be said, so make sure you say it. Talk with your friends or your small group or join the conversation by telling John and myself your thoughts, questions, comments, challenges, and perspectives. Right now, the easiest way to do that is to send us an email. My email is rob at sardisfellowship.com and you can email John Weber at johnpodcast at shaw.ca. J-O-H-N podcast at shaw.ca. We always end our episodes with some questions to reflect on and to discuss, and so here they are. First, in your opinion, what does it mean to listen to God? Second, who are the voices you listen to most in your life, and how do you quiet yourself to hear what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to you? And three, what spiritual disciplines do you engage in? How do you learn and practice hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit? Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us next time.